Coming up, the Diamondbacks split the series with the St. Louis Cardinals. What went right, what went wrong, breaking it all down for you next. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. I'm your host, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, as you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before, Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, on today's pod, I want to break down that Cardinals versus D-back series. I want to talk about the offense, the pitching in mostly the Sunday and Saturday's game. We're really not going to talk too much about Friday's game and Mass and Bumgarner start. I want to mostly stay with Saturday and Sunday. Then segment number three, I want to do a different kind of a game with you. Since we usually recap what happens in the weekend series of games, let's do a little thing where we hand out three stars to the top three performers from the D-backs from this Cardinals series. The Coyotes like to do, like to do that after every game, so I want to do it for the D-backs after their weekend series. So we'll ha- hand out three stars for the three best players from this series against the Cardinals, and then we'll do a little preview for the D-backs next matchup that starts tomorrow against the Miami Marlins. So we got a whole bunch I want to break down for you guys, but let's first start mostly with Sunday's game against the St. Louis Cardinals because I think starting pitching and late dingers, timely dingers, were the stories of the series. But the story on Sunday was the bullpen meltdown because Taylor Widener got it started for the Cardinals offense. Not the D-backs offense. Taylor Widener got it started for the Cardinals offense because when he came in the game, he gave up a lot of hard contact, and he did it pretty consistently because his fastball had an average exit velocity of 103.7 miles per hour. An average of 103.7 miles per hour in that game on Sunday. He gave up a double to start the inning to Tyler O'Neill, and then that led to an RBI single for Pujols eventually that scored one. Then Torrey Lovello went with the bullpen change and brought in Kyle Nelson, and also I didn't realize Albert Pujols is third all-time in RBIs. The only two guys ahead of him is Hank, Aaron, and Babe Ruth. That is incredible if you're Albert Pujols. I mean, I knew he was a Hall of Famer first ballot, of course. I know he's an all-time great, but I never realized that he's third, third all-time in RBIs. I thought that was a fantastic stat when the Bally broadcast brought that up. And then Kyle Nelson came in to help get out the jam for uh, Taylor Widener because he left, I believe, 2-1 with... uh, he left 2-1 and only one out, and Kyle Nelson was able to get out of the jam cleanly. He was able to move to 8.1 innings pitch on the season, Kyle Nelson, that is, without an earned run. But the streak would stop there because Kyle Nelson would open up the seventh inning with back-to-back hits before giving up a ground 
ball that ended up being a fielder's choice that would score a run for the Cardinals. And then after Nelson comes in the game because he was looking a little shaky in that seventh inning. I mean, it was the first time that we saw him give up an earned run on the year. So Tori Lovello was like, let me go with a guy that we've never seen before. Let me go with an unproven guy in Milton who's making his debut, not just for the D-backs, but his career this season, this start. And Middleton comes in and in a high leverage moment, he does not perform well. I mean, there's a man on third with one out. You kind of need to be perfect to make sure that guy doesn't score because the Cardinals are now within one run of tying the game up after the Kyle Nelson fielder's choice that scores a run. So Middleton, there's a lot of pressure for whoever's coming out the bullpen, and I'm not sure I would go with an unproven guy like Middleton. I said it before Tori Lovello uh, chose him to come out the bullpen. I said it when I saw him warming up. He's not the guy I would choose. I would choose someone proven. Like, I don't know who it is, man, Tipoli or Noah Ramirez, just someone else other than a Middleton because I I just don't like going with someone in that high leverage of a moment when you're trying to win the game. You're trying to win the series. You got to get out the inning. And Middleton just not the guy I would go with in that situation. And right on cue, he gives up two monster home runs. And that's basically the ball game once Middleton does that. The offense, the starting pitching did enough to win this game, but the bullpen couldn't get it done. Widener, Nelson, and Milton have three meltdowns back to back to back out the bullpen for the D-backs who were definitely in prime position to win this game because the offense, I think they did their job. Again, it wasn't like it was a great offensive performance, but the D-backs were able to hit dingers left and right on Sunday. The D-backs had Four solo shots, one by Nick Ahmed, one by Christian Walker, and two by Jordan Luplo. And Jordan Luplo has been made fun of a lot on the NLS roundtable, if you guys listened to that before the start of the season, because I said the D-backs were, were winners of the offseason, and I cited Luplo as one of the reasons as a nice addition, but no needle mover for the D-backs. And you look at him today, two home runs, so I think Luplo at least got the last laugh today. Nick Ahmed also has back-to-back games with the home run and has been a real power threat since returning from his injuries. Like, I was joking on Twitter, like, what is Nick Ahmed on? Because I'm going to have to write an apology form for Nick Ahmed because he's been so good since returning from injury. Currently, his slash line on the season is 364, 384, 864, so he's absolutely tearing the cover off the ball, and that's an 864 slugging percentage, not OPS, so 384 OBP, 380, or, or 384 OBP, 864 slugging percentage, so absolutely insane. Um, I like Luplo in this game also just because the the timeliness of his home runs. I mean, gave the, he gave the D-backs the lead on his very first home run of the season. Then his second home run of the game was also clutch insurance runs late in the game. So two big home runs by Luplo offensively. And I think he's made some nice plays defensively so far in this series and since he's come back from injury because we know Paven Smith can be a liability sometimes in right field. And I think Luplo has been a, a very nice stabilizing force in right field defensively. And then Christian Walker, I know his slash line has been disgusting on the year. His average is low. He's not getting on base consistently, not getting on base consistently, not hitting for a ton of extra base hits, but he is tapping into that over-the-fence power. We've seen it before. 2019, he hit 29 home runs, and right now, his home run rate is slightly better than what it was in 2019, so he might hit another 29-plus home runs this season, but who knows? He might finish the year also batting 220 with a 6 
29 OPS. So we'll see what happens with Christian Walker because the team was terrible at runners in scoring position tonight. Despite having four home runs, they were still terrible with runners in scoring position. We did we did get to see a Dalton Varsho rope double off the wall. And I love to watch Dalton Varsho runs because Varsho, when he's running around the bases, reminds me of like a, a Mario character, reminds me of someone out of Nintendo. I just like the way he runs. I In my mind, I'm picturing... Like Dalton Varsho running like Luigi with like his arms sprawled out and just weird circular motions as he's running to hope to, to help gain some speed for Dalton Varsho. So he kind of runs like a video game character to me. And then you also had a Quetzal Marte triple in the game on Sunday as well. So the D-backs offensively, I thought did enough. You got home runs, you got extra base hits, the starting pitching did enough. And we're going to talk about starting pitching because we'll wrap up this discussion about Sunday's game the next segment. And we'll also talk about Saturday's game as well because I thought the D-backs really were going to win Sunday's game after watching Zach Davies' performance. I was ready to bet on the D-backs winning Sunday's game. And if you want to place a bet, the best place to do that is bet online because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. back into the pod you guys understand why i say dalton varsho video game character do you guys know luigi you guys gotta play like super smash brothers when luigi's running and he does that one attack where he like smacks the dude with his arms that's how i picture dalton varsho maybe you guys if you guys watch the youtube video locked on dimebacks on youtube you can see me make the circling motions with my arms because that's how i imagine dalton varsho running running with those big circular swinging motions with his arms to help pick up and gain speed and momentum so dalton varsho you're definitely the third wall ouija Wario, whatever, brother. Vario. How about the Varshio, brother? Vario, brother? I don't know. We'll workshop that one. Um, but let's move on. Let's move on here. Enough talking about Dalton Varsho as a video game character because I want to talk about Zach Davies' performance on Sunday as well because I thought he pitched pretty well on Sunday. Entering Sunday's game, I told my friend Saturday night that for the D-backs to win the series, all they need from Dalton Varsho is four to five innings of two-run ball. If the D-backs could get that, they will be in prime position to win that game because the bullpen has been so good this season. And unfortunately, or fortunately, the D-backs got that performance out of Zach Davies. They just weren't able to get the performance out of the bullpen that I expected because Davies had a very solid performance against the St. Louis Cardinals. I thought he was very good. Five innings pitch, three hits, two runs given up, but they were zero earned runs. Neither of those two runs were earned. Only one walk allowed. Davies did a good job avoiding trouble for most of the day. It wasn't one of those Zach Davies starts where he's walking or giving up a single every inning. Most of the time, he did pretty good in this game. Really, the only issue for Zach Davies was that third inning. He had first and second with one out. Ground ball, hit up the middle, right to Zach Davies. He picks up the ball. He turns. He throws it to second. And it goes off Marte's glove, and you're sitting there wondering, is that on Zach Davies? Did he rush the throw? Because you see that a lot with pitchers where they know they have two men on behind them. They try to get that double, double play ball. They turn, and their momentum carries them. They just sail that ball over the second baseman's head or just goes wildly to the right. And 
for Davies, it kind of looked like that at first glance that maybe he just overthrew Marte too far to the right. But on second glance, it kind of looked like maybe Keto Marte alligator armed the ball and, and Marte ended up getting the error. I think they eventually, or I think they originally called the error on Zach Davies and then it was eventually overturned to give it to Keto Marte. So Marte, another error for him on the season because the ball goes into the outfield and it scores one run and eventually another run scores in that inning off a, off her fielder's choice as well. So outside of that, outside of that error, I thought it was a pretty good start by Zach Davies. I thought he would have got out the inning unscathed if it wasn't for that Kato Marte um, botch play. So Davies, I mean, I don't think he's a great starter. I think he's been fine as a back-end starter so far for the D-backs this season outside of really that one start against the LA Dodgers, and he wasn't even terrible in that. Zach Davies has been fine this year. He's been two to three runs every game. If you could get four to five innings out of him, you're happy. He's just a guy you kind of look at him as like one of those starters for the Rays where he kind of opens up the game. If you could get four to five innings and hand it off to your bullpen and it's still a close game, you'll be happy with that. So Zach Davies, anytime you get five innings and two run ball out of him, whether it's two earned runs or two unearned runs, I'm very happy with the start from Zach Davies. But it was only a good start from Zach Davies. If you want to see a great start, you would have to look at highlights from Saturday's game because Merrill Kelly had a very dominant start against the St. Louis Cardinals. He went nuclear. Seven innings pitch, two hits, zero earned runs, and four strikeouts. His fastball velocity was actually down only 92 miles per hour. His, his fastball velocity um, kind of has been trending down all season from his very first couple starts, but it doesn't really matter because... Merrill Kelly is completely locked in with his command of his pitches, and he's able to locate repeatedly right now, which is huge. He can command and locate consistently. He doesn't need to throw 97 miles per hour when you know how to dot up the edges and just throw the pitches where you want. When the catcher sets up outside, Merrill Kelly can hit outside. When the catcher sets up inside, Merrill Kelly can hit that as well. He knows when to go down and away. He knows when to bring the high heat. He's able to throw strikes consistently now, too. He just pounds the strike zone. He's not afraid to pitch the contact. 64 of his 97 pitches went for strikes on Saturday, and he also generated 13 whiffs on the night. Merrill Kelly just seems so locked in up there on the mound. He's currently fifth in the National League in ERA after that start. It's only at a 1.27 ERA right now on the season, which is absolutely insane. And after every start, I'm going on my Lockdown Dimebacks Twitter, which you have to follow, and I'm tweeting out, Merrill Kelly for Cy Young because I think Merrill Kelly is going to be in the Cy Young award race with how he's pitching right now. I mean, how can he not be? He's making a Cy Young case. He's making an all-star case. And maybe Merrill Kelly will even be pitching or will be starting in the NL all-star game. But we'll see because the D-backs are going against someone tomorrow who's going to have a great chance at starting in the NL all-star game. We'll talk about that in segment number three. But Merrill Kelly yesterday, he's now, I believe, fifth in the NL, as I already said, in ERA. One guy who's ahead of Merrill Kelly in ERA is his teammate, Madison Bumgarner, who has a 1.17 ERA. Hopefully, Zach Allen can join them too. He's going to be going tomorrow. Like I said earlier, we'll be talking about that in segment number three. Gallon still needs to get a larger sample size to be a qualifier on this list, but I could see a world where the D-backs have potentially three guys in the top six in ERA in the National League. That's pretty insane. We just have to get, like I said before, a league average offense, and this D-back scheme can definitely be around 500, but if they're never going to be a league average offense, and if the pitching slips a little bit, then this could be another 100-loss season coming. So these next couple of months will be a huge pivot 
pivot point for the D-backs to see whether the pitching can keep this team afloat. Maybe the offense starts to pick it up. Maybe the pitching regresses. It comes back to earth. We'll see a lot of moving parts for this D-backs team because their offense on Saturday was pretty non-existent. Again, if you didn't get that Merrill Kelly start, you probably would have lost his game. If there was any other starter on the mound, you probably would have lost his game. Not named Madison Bungrunner or Zach Gallen because the D-backs top three starters have been so dominant. But any other starter basically in baseball, maybe the D-backs lose this game because the D-backs are able to score two runs off of two solo shots in this game. And both of them came in the eighth inning. Nick Ahmed and Ketel Marte each ripped solo each ripped solo shots in this game. And the eighth and ninth inning have been the D-backs friends this season. It's basically the time where the D-backs score all their runs this season because even statistically, it's backed up. The team OPS in the eighth and ninth inning is above 750. In every other inning, the next closest inning for OPS for the D-backs is the third inning. With the 650 OPS, for some reason, the D-backs like to score all their runs late. This was another game where they did that. Another game where they did nothing with runners in scoring position. 0 for 4 on the night. The home runs, I like that they're coming in bunches. The D-backs are like... Top five in home runs in the National League. It's really nice to see after being one of the worst teams in the home run department last year for the last couple of years. But they need to get guys on the bases. They need to get that OBP up. And if they could get a couple more base runners on and then hit those home runs, these will these three and four score games will go to six and seven score games and the D-backs will start piling up the wins. I mean, they beat the Dodgers in a series. They just split against the Cardinals and were in prime position to win that. And they still have a terrible offense. D-backs, please get a league average offense so this team can be competitive and potentially be a 500 team this season. Now, we'll hand out three stars for the top performers from this se- from this series and talk about tomorrow's matchup against the Marlins. But if the D-backs need something to take their mind off of Sunday's loss, they should try a Bilt Bar because Bilt Bars are absolutely delicious. And the reason why I love Bilt Bars is because I'm a health-conscious guy. I'm trying to work out every day. I go to the gym when I can. And the problem I have with losing weight is I have a sweet tooth, okay? I admit it. I like eating candy. I like I like eating junk food. And candy bars are my go-to. And the reason why I love Bilt Bars is because it tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar. Low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, great for that keto diet. It's covered in 100% real chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and they have these bars called the Puffs. They're infused with marshmallow and protein, absolutely delicious. If you want your own box of Puffs or whatever flavor you want, my favorite flavor is probably cookies and cream. The best place to get it is Built.com. Just go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast and let's hand out our three stars from, or excuse me, let's hand out our three stars for the D-backs from this series. And the first star I want to hand out to is Ketel Marte, who has started to heat up a little bit at the plate. The extra base hits are starting to come in. It's like Dalton Varsho a couple weeks ago. Dalton Varsho was going like one for four every game with either a home run or a double, but he wasn't able to get the multi-hit games. That's kind of where Ketel Marte is right now. He's not getting the multi-hit games, but he's starting to pick up the extra base hits because in the series we saw on Sunday, triple had a home run on Saturday. He had a double on Friday. He had a, basically he hit for the cycle this series. So you like to see that. 
He's starting to get a little bit better at the plate. It seems like his confidence is growing. I don't like the error he committed on Sunday. I'm not blaming him for Sunday's loss because I think it was mostly on the bullpen. Um, but at least the offense is starting to pick up a little bit because we know how important Ketel Marte's offense is. And I think his defense will probably actually get better too if his bat starts to pick up because for some reason, his confidence at the plate seems to be tied to his confidence at second base as well. So I think once these, you know, once the, the summer starts to heat up in Arizona, the ball travels a little bit more. And also there's been so much discussion with the lack of offense around baseball and, you know, the, the deadening of baseballs and how, Major League Baseball has basically screwed their own uh, sport by deadening baseballs and lowering the offense, which everyone wants. Like, who wants to see less offense? That's not as fun. So we could see maybe baseball juice the balls once again, you know, quote unquote, juice the balls or do something to increase the production that we want to see in the game because people pay money to watch offense and we're not seeing enough of that in baseball. So maybe baseball does something to increase the offense in the game. And that could help out Ketel Marte down the line. So we'll see what happens. I think once it starts to get warmer, I think Ketel Marte would play better. I think the, I think Ketel Marte just as the season goes on, his confidence will start to grow. And then we'll see if major league baseball injects any juice balls into the system to also help increase offensive production around the league. So there's a whole bunch of variables that could affect Ketel Marte's offense over the next couple of months. And then the second star I want to hand out to um, a D-backs player from this series is Nick Ahmed because he was clutching it out in this series. I mean, he had the go ahead home run on Saturday night. It a huge home run on Sunday. He's been having huge home runs. I mean, he had a huge home run against the Dodgers as well. He's been supremely clutch since coming back from the injured list. And I might have to start typing an apology form for, I might have to start typing an apology form for Nick Ahmed. I think a lot of other D-backs fans will have to as well. I've done a lot of pods discussing how I don't want Nick Ahmed as my starting shortstop. I know he's a great defensive player, but I always felt like he did nothing for me offensively. I always felt like his defense didn't outweigh how bad he was as an offensive liability. But so far this season, you can say since Nick Ahmed has come back from injury, Nick Ahmed has been the best D-backs offensive player. And right now, I'm like, you can't keep Nick Ahmed's bat out of the lineup. And I don't think I would have have, I don't think I would have, ever utter those words before but that's where we are considering how bad this d-backs offense is and again go look at that nick ahmed slash line he has been phenomenal this season i love perdomo i liked what he's done so far this year as well but i'm riding with perdomo at third base for now till rojas comes back and i'm putting nick ahmed at shortstop and hopefully josh rojas does the nick ahmed route and he just comes back and is supremely hot because we need another bat to match up with Nick Ahmed because like we've been talking at nauseum on this pod, the D-backs are not doing a good job at runners in scoring position or scoring runs in bunches. So if Rojas comes back with a hot bat with uh, Nick Ahmed continuing to stay hot, Ketel Marte heating up, Dalton Varsho heating up, Paven Smith looking solid, the guy gets set to be on track. Christian Walker hitting over the fence once again. This D-backs offense has a path of being relevant and at least being average, but they need to click and they need to come together as a team to do that. And then the final star I want to hand out is to Merrill Kelly because he was absolutely dominant on Saturday. And it was kind of funny because Merrill Kelly was going against Mike. Um, 
I, his last name is escaping me, but I know the Cardinals pitcher on Saturday night who started, who went like seven two thirds against Merrill Kelly. Both of those guys started their careers overseas and then came over to Major League Baseball late in their career. So it was kind of nice to see those two match up against each other. I'm sorry for the Cardinals guy that your name is escaping me, but he had a fantastic start on Saturday. But Merrill Kelly did end up getting the win because he did not give up the two home runs, which the Cardinals guy did. He's been great all season, limiting um, hard contact, getting ground balls, getting fly balls that turned into easy outs, not allowing any home runs, not putting guys on the bases. Merrill Kelly has been steady Eddie all season, more than a steady Eddie, because those are usually that phrase is usually coined for, you know, middle starters, back end starters who are good, but not great. Merrill Kelly has been great. has been phenomenal this season. And like I keep pounding um, on Twitter, Merrill Kelly for Cy Young should be a realistic scenario as the season progresses. And then I want to talk about a little bit about tomorrow's matchup because we're going to see a Cy Young. We're going to see potentially two Cy Young candidates matchup tomorrow because for the D-backs, we got Zach Allen on the mound, and it's his first start in his major league career against his former team, the Miami Marlins. So this should be very fun. We should also see Jazz Chisholm against the D-backs, which should be very fun as well because, of course, those two were traded for each other. And then on the mound for the Miami Marlins is Pablo Lopez, who I got on one of my fantasy teams. He's been fantastic for me. I always thought Pablo Lopez was a pretty good starter. His seasons have always just got cut short, basically, because of injuries. I mean, if you look at 2020 and 2021, Pablo Lopez was very good. He just wasn't able to make, a, you know, a, a full start of games. I mean, 2020 was a short season, of course. 2021, I think, got cut short because of injuries. But he's been phenomenal so far this season for the Marlins. Number one in the AL in ERA, .39 ERA. 1,002 ERA plus, hasn't allowed a home run on the season, four walks to 23 strikeouts. Pablo Lopez has been phenomenal, so it's going to be another low-scoring game for the D-backs tomorrow, but I think Zach Allen is ready for the challenge and should match up very nicely against Pablo Lopez, so it might come down to which bullpen gives up a run, and the D-backs bullpen didn't look good on Sunday, but I think they could be in store for a huge bounce-back game tomorrow, considering most of their worst bullpen guys came out on Sunday, so... Very excited to see that matchup tomorrow. Zach Allen versus Pablo Lopez. Who is going to win? Maybe you guys can make your predictions to me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or look up Lockdown Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned into today's pod. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. We'll be talking to Sully Baseball and checking in on... You know, just all the teams around Major League Baseball as we do our Mondays with Millard segment. So come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. Go make your second listen of the day. Locked on MLB, actually, with my pal Sully Baseball. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!